Welcome to Blue Collar Mystics, the under the hood approach to the depths of human consciousness. So many mysteries, so little time, so many big words. That's why we aim to take the mystical and make it practical, usable in your everyday life. And you know, we want to hear from you. We want to hear your story. What happened when you started asking yourself the real questions? Like, who am I? What is this? Is it a hologram? Is this some kind of weird cosmic joke? Hey, these are the questions that we are trying to get to the bottom of as we explore the final rabbit hole together here as Blue Collar Mystics. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Blue Collar Mystics show. We are getting underneath the hood of uh, human consciousness and tinkering with the human soul. We can't help help ourselves. It's just who we are. It's what we do. We're happy to be here and glad you're here as well. Um, just a couple of things real quick. Hey, connect with us on the Telegram chat. Um, you know, we're real active there. We love to just chat in real time. Sometimes people have debates or... Uh, connect about certain things. It's really fun. Uh, it's a great place to have some discourse. And big thanks to our friends at Content Safe, ContentSafe.co. They uh, distribute content all over the internet for content creators and also protect them from censorship. Uh, be sure to subscribe and rate the podcast. I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, I, I want to start like uh, digital panhandling here as much as possible. I'm just like trying to learn the skill, you know, uh, but uh, I'm just getting going. Uh, no, thanks so much for being here. I want to go ahead and introduce our guest before we get uh, too deep into it and let you guys know we're going to be talking about dreams. It's the dream stream. Uh, it's fun because it rhymes, right? Uh, and uh, we're hosting a book club starting this week. You still have time to get the book. We won't start to get into the book until the next week, but uh, we'll be exploring the dream searchers by Andrei Roitov, a Russian book. Uh, we've been infiltrated. It's true. Um, and uh, and no, I'm, I'm excited about exploring it. I've read the book before. It's been a while. Um, it's so funny. Maria has this book and Abby and I have talked about it before and she's like the, the, the dream, you know, uh, queen of dream. Like, I, I don't know how to say it. No, that, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to work on that, but it's a work in progress. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, like I wanted to talk about this and just kind of let people know about the book club. The link to it is in the description of everywhere we're streaming. There's a little link. Click that. It will have all the information. It'll tell you all the things that you need to know. Uh, pretty much all, all questions should be answered in as short of uh, words as possible. But we're really excited about it. We're going to actively like try to uh, enter each other's dreams and do <laughs> weird shit like that. Because why not? You know, you only YOLO, right? Uh, and uh, some of the stuff they do in the book. It's a fiction book, but some of the stuff they do uh, and some of the different practices that they talk about in the book can be applied uh, to right here, right now. Kind of like the Castaneda thing. Maybe we'll get into that a little bit. But thank you all so much for being here. I just want to introduce everybody real quick. I've got uh, James Thomas to my left, your right, or I'm not really sure how that works. Are we on stage? Are we an audience? It's, it's, it's funky. But my man, uh, how you doing? Uh, Admiral Hits. Pretty good. Fresh off uh, a nice ski vacation and uh, 
ready to get back to work. Man, you look good. You got you got Thanks. you got your halo shining. My friend Gene has been teaching me how to read uh, read read auras. So y'all watch out, world. You know, mm-hmm. I, here I come. We got Abby J. Like I said, she is the dream weaver. Uh, dream. I don't know. We'll 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 get we'll get better. I, we'll work <laughs> on it. It's we'll put a pin in it. But Abby, thank you so much for hanging out. Well, I'm happy to be here. I love talking about <laughs> dreams. My favorite topic. I know. I, I I was excited to talk to you about this because. It is. I know for a fact your favorite topic, and we'll get right into that. And then, Maria, thank you so much for being here. You were wonderful coming all the way from uh, out west in the mountains, about to get some snow. How are you doing? <laughs> Got your hat I'm on? I'm good. I'm good. It's fucking freezing. I hate being cold. But, you know, but then I get to wear this fancy shit, you know, from, from my Finland, from my Finland family. So it's, it's all good. I you make complain. you you make freezing fashionable, and we appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you for that. I'm so bougie. Good lord! <laughs> we have a lot in common. Um, <laughs> it's, right on. It's it, I feel like our friendship was destined for sure. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And you know, I had the pleasure of meeting up with James at uh, my partner's house, and we we had a blast. We had such a good time so thank you james yeah wow. it, was a, it was a great stop on the way to on the really, way to have, really really fun really yeah, fun and christopher enjoyed himself immensely so thank you uh, no my pleasure you know it was like, i actually looked at the uh the route and i was like i'm taking a southern route and so i was going right into northeast new mexico and i was just like yeah i gotta stuff go down and see maria yeah it was a good stop. It really was. It was really um, fun. Thank yeah. You. And it was a short trip to, it was like five hours to the ski chalet. So um, it was a nice breaking up uh, 24 hour ride. Cool. I love it that people are meeting in real life. That's the, that's the coolest thing. And no one's been, you know, chopped up into little tiny bits <laughs> yet. You know what I mean? Like we're fucking crushing. Oh my. <laughs> no, I met a couple of people off the internet and, and they would say that, like, you know, like make, and it's kind of a joke, right? Like at the beginning of all this stuff, when you started connecting with people, you didn't know, you know, it, society has changed a lot really fast and I don't want to get off on a tangent, uh, but it is, but it is interesting. I love that people are meeting up. It's so cool. What we did with Gramerica was be- amazing and people have been meeting up for a long time. You know, there's all kinds of different expos and this and that, but it's really cool to see people just take the reins and do it organically and do it in a way, you know, that everyone wins, you know? Uh, so I'm excited about seeing how the community continues to develop and grow. Cause it's also kind of a small world. Like a lot of the people that I've met have also known Maria or have known James. They've been in a spaceship and they're like, what dude, you know that guy? <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost famous. <laughs> no, it's, it's funny. The in real life thing, though, you know, it's like uh, I meet about 5,000 people a weekend when, when we're performing at a music festival. And, and uh, that's all I know is like this whole new uh, Zoom StreamYard, like interaction thing. It's it's it, it's growing on me. But I mean, I prefer the real life uh, writing room interaction uh well, thanks so, to World War Three, yeah. I mean, maybe we get that back now. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we're going to have to pay for it in gasoline prices. You know what I'm saying? Like, be like selling, uh, selling copper 
<laughs> pieces of copper for gas. But no, we we should be able to get, I think, in 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 physical space. It's it's beautiful. It's a great thing. It's great to see, like I say, the community come together and like through through physical physically being in a room. It's way, of course it's so much more preferable. You feel people's energy. You connect. You're like your auras merge, and there's this beautiful dance between. <laughs> the masculines and the feminines and the energies and everybody's like, everybody's there. It's like something to celebrate. It's a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, I think I, I encourage, uh, I encourage that and I'm excited. It's so cool that you guys got to, got to hang out, you know, like, and I saw some of the pictures of the spaceship set up in this really cool spot. Like <laughs> very, fun. very cool. Yeah. Amazing. And uh, people are, yeah. I, my friend Laura too, she's like, She's like, man, can you get me in the spaceship? And I'm like, I pr I'll, I'll make it happen, Laura. I got you. I promise we'll make it work. Um, but yeah, that's well, um, Tiff from the book club tried to, uh, she tried to get me to come out. We had a little phone talk and uh, she, you know, she, she was doing an event in Austin and wanted me to come out. And I, in the end, I was like, I really think you should put that money into your event. And not, not tax yourself and have me come all that way and have to accommodate me. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of people, I've been getting a lot of, uh, a lot of inquiries lately. The world's starting to yeah. yeah, happen back again. You know, it seems like, or it does, it does seem that way to me. It's weird kind of how it was almost like it flipped on a switch just overnight. And then I walked out and I saw all these people that I hadn't seen in two years and they're just everywhere all of a sudden. It's just how I, how it seemed to me. And I, I am a bit of a hermit, so that is, um, what it is, but but it's really cool. Yeah, we just wrapped up the Trans Surfing Book Club uh, for folks uh, who may have missed that. It was incredible. You know, I'm not trying to brag, but it was awesome. I, I, Don't I brag. had an amazing, amazing experience reading that book with so many people who have brought so many fresh perspectives. And I mean, I feel like that's the best way to like consume a book is with other people, you know, and you get to like practice it and talk about it and tell stories about how it influenced you. Like I love fostering group dynamics anyway. It's just something that I've always enjoyed and, uh, and really appreciated for some reason. So doing it in a way where you're actively testing metaphysical principles, you know, and you're encouraged to test too, by the way, like I've been in those groups where people are too afraid to test because they're afraid to be wrong and they don't want to, you know, and there's that like, like hesitation there, but it's, uh, instead like deep diving, especially into a book too. That's so long. Cause it took us what, like 10 weeks or something like that to go through that book. It was it's five books. Yeah. It's that's, five. That's pretty fast. Especially yeah. the group dynamic. So God, my hat's off to you. That's cool. I read the summaries each week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's hey reading the summaries is great you just read the summary every day you know what i mean just yeah. read a summary read a summary because like there's so many great principles in that book and it overlaps so many it just like drew the drew the um it tied the room together that's how i like to <laughs> explain it right for me and um and it leads to other things uh he talks a little bit about dreams and lucid dreaming and how uh how intention is very i would say Ex experienceable, if that's a word, uh, through lucid dreaming. Um, maybe you could elaborate a little bit better, Abby. I've only had a couple lucid dreams. I'm happy to 
talk a little bit about that. Maybe we all can, but um, that's one practicality. And one of the things that we're going to talk about in this next book club is how to become aware in our dreams is something that people are really interested in. And it's always some pretty fucking wild stories too, that happen uh, when people start realizing that they're dreaming. And then like, that's a, um, it's a, it's, it seems like a good topic for the dream stream. Do you mind uh, talking a little bit about lucidity? Um, the, thing about lucid dreaming is it really teaches you the different if, if you are familiar with the um, reality transurfing it really teaches you the difference between inner intention and outer intention because a lucid dream you can change and control things you don't get to control everything but that's how reality works too right you get to choose you have an intention and you choose the outcome you want you don't know how you're going to get there in a lucid dream some people will say, oh, you get to control the dream. Well, you you do and you don't. You get to choose what happens, but you don't necessarily get to choose how it plays out. And it doesn't always happen how you think it will. So um, the biggest thing that I learned was that if I, in a lucid dream, if I use inner intention, like trying to stick my hand through a wall, doing lucid dreaming experiments, trying to put my hand through a wall. If I sit there and go, I'm going to put my hand through the wall. I can do it. I can do it. I will just keep hitting a hard wall. And it it's in the dream space, it has substance, it is hard, and I will hit it. Um, but when, for me, if I close my eyes, which a lot of people don't stabilize their dreams when they're lucid dreaming it, with their eyes closed, but I can, it helps me to focus my intention. So then I'm coming from a place of it's really not important. And I'm going to put my hand through the wall. And then all of a sudden, I can do it. So it really teaches you how reality works it's just a lot faster. So things manifest almost instantly. Whereas in reality, we have the delay factor. Things take a little bit longer to work. Yeah, that's really cool. So as above, so below, uh, you know, uh, maybe that is sort of relevant here. You're saying there's a practicality to learning how to lucid dream and to influence the sequence of events. Not that it's not exactly what you think in that you can control every element of it, but you can control aspects. Um, and what are those aspects? Uh, can we unpack that a little bit? What are the things that are within your control in a lucid dream? Does it vary based on how lucid you are? I mean, just about anything. Um, I've had lucid dreams where obviously flying is a big one, but you could yeah. change the way that you fly. You don't have to. I mean, some people do Superman. <laughs> um, you can actually just hover. And one that I learned from reading the Robert Wagner book is that you could actually turn yourself into a bird. So I did that one time. It was it was totally new. I was like, okay, I'm going to change into a bird. I felt my face elongate and I was flapping my wings. It was a different type of flying. <laughs> um, there's Okay, what was the question again? I'm sorry. I, I was got saying, a little like, unfocused. as far as the lucidity and like what you can control, how varied is that? Is that like sometimes you can control more or less, or it's just you that you can control in the dream? Like, how does how do you kind of measure that? Does that you kind can of control almost anything? But like, so no. Um, the last couple times that I've tried to talk to a wise person. I don't get anything, nothing changes, but that was kind of a lesson to myself. You are the wise person. You don't need somebody <laughs> else to tell you what's up. So, um, in, in the beginning I would, I would have like a monk come to me and talk to me and I, I sat straight up in bed cause he had told me something that was really profound. And I was like, Oh, I sat up and I said, Oh, 
and I thought I was going to remember it and I totally forgot what he said, <laughs> but I've never had a wise person talk to me again. So, um, but I think I don't need it. And that was kind of the point of that. So it really just depends. But I mean, the more lucid you are, obviously the better you are at creating. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I would, I would, cause like even in the little experiences I've had, it kind of wavers. Like it's like I had more control at some points and then others at others, but maybe I don't think about certain things that I could influence or control. Um, but it is a super interesting practice in, you know, in intention, uh, and, um, and basically, you know, I think like you said, like reality creation, like being able to, uh, influence kind of how things are unfolding in a way. Um, does anybody else have any, uh, experiences? I, Lucy, I've had you? experiences. So, um, Back in 2000, now I read Carlos Castaneda's books, and so I studied a little bit. I was not a good student about it because I, I just wasn't. You know, I love I'm you so gonna, much. I'm just going <laughs> to fess up to it. it. It's like I remember I, I took a class, actually, and it was it was through the SF Weekly, and we, we met. And I just was like, any time I get a syllabus, and it is a bullet point presentation of all the shit I have to do. I'm not doing it. I just, I can't do it. it. It's it's not even rebellion, I think, for me. I just got overwhelmed because it's like, okay, this is a little too, um, it, it, it's too, it's too tight. So anyways, at that point, and unbeknown to me, I was going into this astrological thing of a 19-year Saturn cycle where it was going to be really fucking hard and I'd been traveling internationally doing my thing and I asked for a true dream so I'm very intentional with my dreams I will ask for a true dream to give me insight into some specific thing that I'm fucking about with or I'm confused and at that point it was both fucking about and being confused so and I always ask for funny dreams because I relate more to humor than I do to, you know, you know, having a finger point in my face and being pointed. So I have this dream. So what I asked about, what were the three main things that I really needed to get clear on? Because I was feeling very thwarted in my forward motion in terms of my work and in terms of I was letting go of a huge relationship um, that was like really just weighing me down and so this dream was incredible because I was like this fucking La Femme Nikita ninja and I was like I was kind of a man but I was kind of a woman I had boobs and all this kind of stuff and I was like walking down this corridor and all of a sudden before me are these three buildings and I had to figure out how to get into the building, kill the bad guy or bad girl. And I had only a little bit of time to do it. I was fucking on that shit. Like I just remember going to the first building and I'm saying it's all windows and I'm thinking, Oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to break the fucking windows with my thought. And as soon as I completed that thought, all the windows exploded. It was so amazing. And I was 
in, I was like in front of the door of the person I was supposed to kill. And I'd already killed him. And I saw a part of me that had that had slipped into the room, killed this person, and was was out the door. And I'm going, oh shit, I'm getting left behind. So I go into the second, long story short, because I could go on and on about this. I did every task. My hardest task was when I left the third building after completing my task of getting rid of the, the uh, icon that was holding me back, I was face-to-face -face with myself. And it was a bitch fight from hell. <laughs> and so I'm a martial artist. I'm a mixed martial artist. I was trying all these moves. Unfortunately, she knew me, so she countered. When I woke up after the stream, we, we did a draw and we agreed to not get into each other's way and that we each had something to teach each other. When I woke up from the dream, I had bruises all over my body. It was the freakiest thing. I had this thing where I had taken a sidekick for myself and my, my face was starting to blow up. It freaked me the fuck out. And it took a while for me to actually have another one of those dreams where I'm problem solving. So I seem to have a lot of uh, ability to set an intention to get an answer and problem solve. You think that was reintegration of your divine feminine, though? Yes, I do. Okay. And and uh, a reintegration of my divine divine masculine. Whom well, the three the buildings time, reminded me of that. Yeah, I was both. emasculating him to the max. I was yeah. just like gender crossover. Yes, again, you know, yeah, it was. Well, it was the, pretty powerful. With the three buildings to the left and the right, you know, um, I would if you would have told me which building you would have went to first. That kind of you know, left is usually feminine, right yeah. is masculine. Yeah. So where you yeah. entered and where you exited, that would be. Yeah, pretty interesting. Yeah, it, it was it was really cool. It was really cool. So you did yours through fighting and I reintegrated my divine masculine and feminine with sex. <laughs> I've probably <laughs> when it was my masculine. Too. Yeah, well, my my divine masculine was um, I was actually a man in my dream and I was sword fighting, literally sword fighting with another man in a mask. And um, at one point, I just kind of like dropped my sword and I was like, hey, would you rather just get it on? And he goes, yeah. And then we just totally started making out. And I was like, oh my God, why is this so much better than with a woman? <laughs> I reintegrated my divine masculine that day. And then right afterwards, I did the divine feminine. I had a dream that I was with this blonde bombshell and I was myself, but I was very, um, very much a masculine woman. And, but I'm with this Marilyn Monroe, beautiful Venus figure, you know, with big old boobs. And all I wanted to do was like, put my face in her boobs and tell her like I asked her if she would um I give her a, a gift of a basket and eggs and asked her to live with me forever and yeah we also had sex so so worked. in both dreams that worked. I'm dead. writing yeah. that shit nice. down I'm nice. writing that down right now like a basket of eggs okay no that sounds no I mean why wouldn't you like what an interesting way to uh for me like I have different dreams and it, it is funny how it goes into like integration. Um, and so we, I guess we can transition a little bit into that if we, if we want to, um, 
from lucid dreaming into dream interpretation, I guess, right? Like uh, understanding what is happening in that dream. And Abby, I think you kind of uh, pointed me in the, toward the idea that kind of every, think of everyone in your dream as yourself. Mm-hmm. And that is like a really good way to start to interpret yeah. and get an idea of potentially some of the messages that your subconscious mind is trying to send you. And perhaps that's maybe a, a one of the practicalities in dreaming itself, right? Like, you know, going from lucid dreaming to just standard dreaming, like being dreamed, you know, being in the dream. And uh, let's talk a little bit about that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mystic <I> Hub. It. <laughs> it's true. Like we're, we're crossing over into new territory, fam. And you know what? It's time to just get comfortable with it. We're all about being open and honest here. So, uh, and dreams, you can't really, I mean, you can control a dream, but usually you're not really in control of yourself in a dream. You're just doing whatever is happening. So, so that's like the one thing I really want to emphasize is that when we dream share, you don't always have to go, Oh my gosh, I would never do this in real life. You know, it's, it's okay. (laughs) Usually you wouldn't do it in real life. You know, it's the dream. Yeah. You could do it in the dream space, but well, that's kind of, it's like Vegas, you know, like being able to hop into the dream space and just like be naughty for a little bit. Like there's <laughs> no repercussion. So that just makes it so much better. Yeah. Vegas. yeah. It's a fun little utopia paradise that you can have. That's your own personal little uh, paradise city kind of place, you know, and you can play on that landscape. And I actually, you know, uh, people do get caught up in lucid dreaming, just having sex all the time. Don't they, Abby? That's the number one thing. And uh, I mean, when I, not necessarily the, my first lucid dreams, but I mean, for a while, yeah, that's all it, I'm not, I'm not perfect. Okay, guys, it just happens <laughs> like the, the, your soul is a little bit, um, <laughs> the dreamy yeah, aspect is your yeah. soul. It's just doing what it wants to do. Get your kids yeah. Out. Yeah, Tell absolutely. me more, Abby. Get your <laughs> but most people out. do. Most people are like, "Oh, sex," because and they, once you get on the sex thing, like it's hard to get off that wheel. Um, it really took me wanting to try a whole bunch of different things in the dream space. But, um, this book, this book, and um, the Art of Dreaming by Carlos Castaneda both made me want to try a whole bunch of different things. So it that's kind cool. of got me out of the loop. That's so cool. I, well, I'm excited to like try some of the some of that stuff too. I remember when I first learned about lucid dreaming, I was like blown away. I was like, Oh my God. Like it's, I, it, I watched the movie waking life and I just had chills almost the whole time. And the, I don't know, it was maybe around 2004 or five or something like that. And I had my first lucid dream not too long after that. And I felt like so alive afterward. Like I was blown away. I couldn't believe, I felt like a God. I really did. Like it, it felt amazing waking up from that. Um, but, um, I think what's also interesting is some of the stuff that you've discovered. Cause we, we, we would talk about lucid dreaming, but we, I don't think we saw the usefulness of just regular dreaming too. And, uh, and, and basically taking those signs and symbols from that, you know, I think that's a lot of, a lot of people wonder what do dreams mean? <clears throat> and you know, what is it trying to tell me or something? And I think that, um, I think that, there is something to that where our subconscious mind is speaking to us. And I think Carl Jung would agree with that as well as a lot of mystics and shamans and stuff like that. Um, 
yeah, I'd love for you to talk about kind of your journey with that. Cause I, like you've gotten really fucking good at interpreting dreams in my opinion. And I'm, I'm not the only one who thinks that, you know, too, <laughs> like, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a very, um, consistent, uh, type of feedback <laughs> in the telegram chat. So, uh, jump in there guys, if you're interested in exploring this topic further, um, shameless plug I'm panhandling and uh but no please talk to us a little bit about uh about your kind of realization into the the practicality and usefulness of of dreaming and interpretation I used to not find value in the regular dream because all I wanted to do was lucid dream <clears throat> but really in order to lucid dream you have to have enough energy and I don't mean like physical energy I mean your emotional body energy. Um, the point of lucid dreaming, according to Carlos Castaneda, is to pull in all of your energy and to um, find all the pieces that are missing in your energetic body. So, and when you actually see out of your energetic eyes the first time in a lucid dream, it's pretty wild. I got fixated on grass, just these blades of grass is the most beautiful grass I'd ever seen in, in colors that I'd never seen in prisons coming off of it. Um, another time it was a bullet hole, but I have guides that kind of pull me through so I don't get fixated. But it's really easy to do when you see out of your energetic eyes the first time. But um, back to regular dreaming, um, it's usually pointing to pieces of you that you have fragmented, that you've compartmentalized and you have denied. And really the whole goal of all of this, even Carlos Castaneda, he calls it the recapitulation. It is pulling back your, your energy. And in order to do that, you have to bring home these soul fragments that you have left different places. Reoccurring dreams, like if you go to the same place every night, I went to my childhood home every single night for years. That's what I would always dream my childhood home. Um, I learned shamanic dream reentry and I finally went back and I found my missing soul fragment in my childhood house because I used a dream as a portal to go in and find the wow. missing piece of me. Yeah. Um, I've done sessions with people where I helped them find their missing pieces as well because I had a friend who stopped dreaming in 1987, but we had to go back through and use not just the symbols that I could interpret, but, you know, have her re-experience things. Um, and she's been dreaming again, so it's really awesome. But um, a lot of the times it's pointing to wounds. So the, the five soul wounds, which are rejection, abandonment, humiliation, betrayal, and injustice. Um, when we run these wounds, they're pretty obvious in the dream because that's when you're feeling like, you'll feel humiliation or you'll feel like things aren't fair. And you keep having that feeling over and over again in the dream or, or you'll keep seeing snow or ice and it's literally telling you you're feeling injustice. So this is keeping you from being who you actually are. Um, <clears throat> if there's points on the body in your dream where you're like, you know, I saw something on this guy's tooth, like on his gum line, these are acupuncture points. They're actually telling you different meridians in your body where you have trapped emotions and that you need to deal with. So it's literally, whether it's a, somebody else or an animal or, or yourself in the dream, and it's telling you a specific part of the body, you can use an acupressure or acupuncture chart, which I have one in the background, but you can't really see it. 
Um, so if I have a dream like that, I go straight to my acupuncture chart and look and see what point and what meridian and what trapped emotion I'm dealing with. And usually it'll manifest the next day. You'll have something come up that kind of makes you feel that little bit of pain and it's something for you to deal with right on the spot. Um, your subconscious also is really, really awesome about wordplay. So it'll do some wild metaphors. And yeah. I mean, it, it has such a sense of humor that you, when you write it down later, you're like, seriously, did I really like, um, I wish I could think of one off the top of my head, but I mean, you start seeing it and you're like, oh, okay. Um, and that's the value of writing your dreams down. You start to see programs that you're running um, pieces of you that might be missing soul fragments, but it ultimately is all about healing. It's interesting you talk about the recurring dream. I had a recurring dream for most of my life, which I haven't had after my awakening. And I've been kind of waiting to get lucid to have that dream. Cause usually I would just fly away. I would always be chased by authority of some sort. I was obviously a dude who not processing my lifestyle and growing up in a time when smoking weed was a criminal activity and things of that nature. Um, and so I've been waiting to have this reoccurring dream and it hasn't occurred in like almost three years now. And, uh, but I usually just fly away. They usually corner me and then I was like, Oh, I'm out of here. See you guys. And, uh, but I've been wanting to just turn and face them and like, because that's obviously me or, or some other yeah, part of me. Yeah, it's a soul fragment. Me. Yeah, and, uh, but I haven't had to deal with it. Like, it, it's, it hasn't, um, you know, it was never a nightmare situation. It was always more like, ha you guys aren't going to catch me. And, uh, you know, I'd always play this out. And um, I haven't had that dream in almost three years now. And, uh, but I've been having other dreams lately that are super processing and super healing. Uh, I was having a hard time. I was in this really uh, powerful relationship and, you know, we were both uh, damaged at the time and, and triggering each other constantly. But a lot of aspects of the relationship were really powerful. And uh, after I broke up with her, uh, I was, you know, I suffered for a while. And then one day I had this dream where we were in the car and the van traveling like we always did and we're arguing and I jumped out of the van consciously in my dream. And I watched the van fall. I was driving. I watched the van go down the mountain and crash and her body fly out and mangle. And I woke up and knew exactly that I had said goodbye to her from that dream. And it was, it was pretty powerful stuff. And I've had a couple of those type of um, experiences processing reality and instead of the recurring dream. I've done trauma healing in my dream where <clears throat> usually, you know, when you have a trapped emotion, you have to get it out. So um, I've been, on the outs with my sister for a little while. And in, um, I've had these series of dreams about her lately where, you know, I'm angry and I'll be like, get the fuck out of my way, you know, and, and that'll be it. But it's just this little cameo where she's in there and, and I'm upset with her. And, you know, obviously there's things I can't say to her in person because it's not going to get me anywhere. But I finally had the dream where I said everything I needed to say. I completely cussed her out and it was fantastic. I vented all my anger. Um, huh. So then my next dream that I had of her was that I was trying to help her get out of a burning house and she fell and hit her head and she was hurt and I loved her again and I was trying to help her. So it was definitely, you know, you can use dreams for healing big time. I, 
it's one of my favorite ways to do it because it's like I'm I'm dreaming and I'm doing my trauma healing. You can process and then nobody gets hurt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had another another one recently too where uh I killed my brother in in my dream. I was both my blood brother. And it was really weird because my parents were there and they, you know, my dad is dead and my mom was, you know, never part of his life. And so I killed him and like hid the body and my parents are acting all weird. And I got through the end of this dream and then I woke up, but I realized that um, he was just a metaphor for a friendship that was like a brother. And uh, we were, you know, uh, struggling with some, some stuff and, uh, and in killing him in my dream, I kind of let myself go from the, these things I was holding on to in reality. It was really, it was so real that I had to call my brother up to see if he's still alive. Like cutting karmic cords, but yeah. Yeah. yeah no, um, I don't think I cut a, a comic cord with him, but I just kind of got myself into a situation where, uh, you know, I put too I put too much priority in somebody else instead of myself. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that situation was just kind of wearing on me and killing my brother kind of let myself loose from this other friendship. And, uh, you know, we're still friends and everything, but I know how to make put proper boundaries in. That's good. That's awesome. Wow. I've had a lot of, uh, experiences too, even just in the past couple of weeks and uh, talked to a bunch of friends, like even Joe Roop was, uh, you know, talking about how intense his dreams were. And, uh, you know, for me, like, it's kind of funny. I've been like, as, as L this, this is the most LA thing maybe that I've ever said. And I've said a lot of LA things, but like, I've been doing a lot of inner child work. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> LA. Yeah, it is. And I can't help myself, whatever. Uh, LA is not that bad now. <laughs> no, hopefully. Hopefully it survives. Um, it was fun. It was fun being out there, but no, um, just uh, doing that kind of work. And then I had some confirmations in my dreams of really uh, myself, you know, going back to like you being every part of that, you know, dream, you can interpret it that way. It's uh, uh, kind of something that for me, like I was going into this, these weird muddy marshes and like picking up bo different body parts, right? and like bringing them ashore. And those are like pieces, pieces of myself that are in the muck and then like the shadows, right? And then the next like uh, night I had a, a dream about like my parent, I was babysitting my parents' children, which that's, that's gotta be me, <laughs> right? And- uh, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You know, and then at the end of babysitting them and playing and having fun, like the, the little girl came up to me and just gave me like the biggest hug. And Aww. I like really interpret that to be like my intuitive, you know, uh, creative. I've, I really have been, you know, focusing on that more than ever in my life and giving myself the time and space to do it. And I encourage everybody to do that. Um, but, it, but, it, but I felt like that being a confirmation of like, hey, you know, thank you for taking the time to see yourself. It's like everybody wants to be seen and that's fair. You know, and we have to take the time, but we have we have to also take the time to process and give ourselves that time that that you know those parts of us like you're talking about soul fragments. It sounds so, you know, whatever. You know, like uh, sounds kind of woo woo. But... Exactly, it's kind of like that. But it's just parts of ourselves that we have neglected or said no to in the past or said that wasn't okay. It's like, hey, it's shadow work, right? 
Like I mean, it's all. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, it's all part of yourself, right? I mean, the the soul is a fragment of the all. And, right. Uh, so, I mean, all the archetypes, all the things that you run into are just a fragment of you anyway. And One of the things that oh. Joe said was along that same very lines. He's like, oh, there's a demon. Well, that's you. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. It's the devil within. <laughs> yeah. I, I, thought- I have a question for Abby. Okay. So, so a lot of my dreams, which are all intentional, uh, change landscapes. So I've tried to map things out for myself. So I have like these main uh, terrains, my childhood terrain. And then I have all the various places where I either toured extensively so I have this whole terrain in Turkey for some weird reason. I've only been there five times. I, I haven't spent a lot of time there. It was very, uh, very compact and very uh, structured, my visits. And then I have uh, like libraries. That's the third one. Various universities that I've studied at and then hotel rooms. Like, God. Oh, and the number six, I forgot this, are uh, venues like auditoriums, symphony halls, dance halls, theaters. And um, each time I've had these dreams, they intermingle with my childhood house, which has expanded into all these various rooms with weird people who live there. I don't even know who these people are, but they're wearing my clothes. <laughs> Traipsing around in my bra and panties. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? So, <clears throat> wacky. I think, because my childhood home, <clears throat> Owen actually lives, like if I did my map, Owen lives on my map, like in my neighborhood. He lives like, not the house directly behind me, but the one, op, you know, like at a diagonal behind, like from my backyard so the one with the trampoline that's ours wow. <laughs> the bouncy house yeah <laughs> like i'm able to place certain people in actually places because i grew up in nevada so i'm able to put you know my mother-in-law in oklahoma's house on my map like i can connect them on the streets but like That's they great. say that you frequent the same place. So dream cartography is, is really a good way to get lucid, but I have dreamt so many different places now that I don't feel like I can actually, I I've tried, but there's, I don't frequent the same places anymore. Um, my first lucid dream was in a, a place I had dreamt before though. And that's why I got lucid. I was coming up mm-hmm. the stairs and I just saw the chandelier and I re- recognized the tile and I knew I'd been there before. So. Mm. That happens to me. There's a couple places that I go. One's like this crazy, weird, fun house, like scary haunted house, but it's like got slides in it and it's just all weird. It's green, it's scary and gothic, you know. Uh, one is uh, like uh, like like the weird version of a beach that we always used to go to. It's like odd Panama City Beach, you know. Like I can see the gate to the beach in my head right now. And I can see why those things would help you to wake up in the dream. For me, like, I can't believe sometimes I'll wake up and be like, how the hell did I not know? 
that I was dreaming. Like, do you know what the, the events that just unfolded, you know, I'm, I can't tell you how many times I'm 40 feet in the tree and I'm like, nah, this is normal. Yeah. <laughs> that has been happening to me so much lately and it's making me so mad. Like I've, I had an eagle land on my arm and I'm going, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. I was like, am I dreaming? No, this is absolutely real. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bleeding, actually. (laughs) Then I'm standing outside. I had created this whole schoolyard over several nights in a dream. Like, I created this school. It was pretty cool. Um, And I'm standing outside kind of, like, looking at the school that I created. And this dog flies by, and it's carrying a banner that says stop. And and I was like, do you guys see that? Why is that dog flying? Am I dreaming? No, that's totally real. You know, because it was very vivid, but... Yeah, it, um, my triggers aren't necessarily working anymore, but I think it's because reality seems so unreal lately sometimes. <laughs> you just see some weird stuff and you're like, okay, I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. Geography is definitely interesting. Uh, most of the time, uh, especially my reoccurring dream, it was always be uh, in a shipyard or in a big giant building or a giant jail someplace where it's like a labyrinth it's always labyrinth inducing and uh a lot of the, most of my current dreams are always in nature or in the car and i do a lot of driving and and uh Oof. yeah but driving like, would be like moving forward you know that's actually yeah. like you know that's like cool. moving is good yeah yeah, in the dreams, man, like the w- steering wheel starts turning into like jelly for me, and like it gets all weird. I'm like, nah, it's fine. And then I like turn into New York City and start driving down the interstate, you know. And how do I not know? It's like, dude, how do you not know? But it's interesting uh, understanding lucidity. And Abby, do you mind talking a little bit about like how you create? a space in the dream space. Like it's helped me a lot. The dream cartography map thing. That's not something that I ever uh, understood until I read this book. Cause there's some cool pointers in here. There's like a lot of different pointers. Obviously we're going to explore a lot of different methods and ide- ideas about dreaming, but um, you know, what do you, um, what do you think about that? Well, it starts with intention, just like Mario was talking about. Um <clears throat> I had a group of friends who wanted to try to meet up in the dream space. So we were trying to decide a place. So we talked about Mount Shasta and because it's supposed to be magical, it's supposed to be like, you know, um, a stargate and, and a good place to do grid work. So like, well, we can kind of, you know, just do that in the dream space. So um, we started with just choosing a photograph and we were going to each superimpose one item that we would put in there over the top of the photograph. Well, two people of the five of us didn't choose a picture or choose an item. And I chose like a bird bath because like I'll put a little water element in there or something. But I kept just intending to go. And the last time I got lucid, I um, stabilized the dream and I always just put my hands up. So if I want to stay lucid, I just pretty much keep my eye, my hands up the whole time. This is how I dream. So that way I can just keep um, flashing my eyes back and forth. And I was like, I'm going to Mount Shasta. I'm going to Mount Shasta. And it didn't work. I told you that I have to use, I have to close my eyes. And so I closed my eyes and I was like, I'm going to Mount Shasta. I open them up and I'm flying over um, like the forest and there's um, pine trees and 
and snow. And I was like going, oh my gosh, it's dark and it's gonna be really cold. And then all of a sudden I'm front in center of the mountain and there's this really cool um, paving stone. So just the intention did it, but the, the paving stones were all in a perfect circle. They were white and blue and red. And <clears throat> I knew I was the first one to be there. So I had created the space and I could see one item, like one girl chose a phone booth, but the phone booth wasn't there. It was just a phone. And my bird bath wasn't there, but I realized that wasn't my gift or what I was gonna put there. It was cold and it was dark. So I started a fire and I was like, my gift is fire. That's what I'm bringing to this. So I started um, a, like a zebra grass, like a big old thing of grass on fire. So it looked like a bird's nest of fire. And I just told it to stay there and you know to stay burning. And so the space exists, but it, started just with intention. I had to do it a few nights in a row, but eventually I got there and, and I set it up. So that's far cool. out, man. Yeah, it's far out. Love like, it. Fucking the fact love that, it. the fact that, you know, we can actively do stuff like this. Cause like when I was a teenager, like I was like interested in this world, you know, like what happens when you dream and you know, all this different stuff, listening to coast to coast AM and just trying to like think about this stuff, you know, at that, age, but nobody else really thought about this or talked about this, or at least not around me in physical reality, right? Like, so it's kind of cool to have the technology to be able to connect with people who are interested in this kind of stuff and want to actually fuck around with it, you know? It's I'm like, so well, excited. Let's try it, you know? But then again, I guess maybe there might have been other people, like, for instance, I was in the church. You know, we did some weird mystical shit. We didn't call it that. It was in the name of Jesus. So to us, it wasn't mystical. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, but like that did happen, but it was still, un, it was still kind of weird. And then the, like some people that I talk to about this kind of stuff, like, I just feel awkward about it. Like, it's funny. It's funny to connect with people who it seems like sort of natural with in a, in a good way, you know, like being able to mess around with this stuff, but like also have a sense of humor about it and enjoy it and not make it like super intense or a big deal, you know? Yeah. It's great because I've always, I've always felt alone as a dreamer because I've had people like, Oh my gosh, I don't dream like that. I have friends who dream in black and white. I didn't know people actually dreamt in black and white. Um, Stuck in duality. Yeah. yeah. So sorry. Racist. I know. That's a bummer. Right. It really is. <laughs> that that is interesting. Well, I remember when that was a thing. Like if you told a Gen Z that. Like I was just at a mic up here and I was just launching off ridiculous shit. Like and and why not? <laughs> like what does it matter? You know what I mean? Uh but the Gen Zers like they I don't know. Like you, you launch something off like that to them, you might be surprised. I don't know. Like they're an interesting group, <laughs> I will say. And I live in a college town, so there happen to be quite a bit of them, you know. And uh, I think, I don't know, I don't know uh, why necessarily they are that encouraging or interested in so many different ridiculous things like this because i started going off about this and they were like oh yeah <laughs> so hopefully people are like peering into this world but in a way where they can have a sense of humor about it uh and it doesn't have to be in somebody dreams in plaid 
which I think we should uh, we should diagnose that. Wow. Yeah. With awesome <laughs> well, awesome disorder. Hounds yeah. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I like there's so many different experiences and people opening up and sharing about them. It, it's it's kind of cool to see that. I'm seeing it more and more, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It doesn't matter what generation or whatever, but I do see um, more and more people talking about this kind of stuff. You know, it becomes, it's not taboo anymore. People are talking about it in their standup acts, you know, and manifestation and all that kind of stuff. Like it's starting to be like a, a thing that people talk about. It's in the public consciousness. So dreaming and the utility of it. Um, I'm excited to tamper around and experiment with some of this stuff. Uh, have you ever, I've heard of people entering other people's dreams in some weird way, like third, third hand or whatever, second hand. Uh, but what about like people doing it in, uh, in for real, like really doing it? What are the, what are the odds that can be pulled off in multiple it's, people? It's totally possible. I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's possible. It's the collective unconscious, you know, everybody is there. And um, my daughter actually tried it. So anytime I suggest something, an experiment to her, she does it almost that night. So she- Wow, um, cool. Yeah. How old is she? She's 18. But I taught her lucid dreaming because she had PTSD. So it actually worked really, really well to help her, avoid her nightmares at first, but now she actually faces them. And I have a really cool story about that. So I'll share that in a minute. But this particular dream, she decided she was gonna, she was following a wisp. Is that what they call it in the book? Is it, well, I call them wisps because I used to play World of Warcraft, but they call them sprites. And if there's just like a little fragment of a person there, so you have a person from real life in your dream, if you keep following them, they usually are trying to get away from you and they're trying to play their part in the script because they are a dream dummy. But if you keep right. following them and bugging them, they will lead you to the actual sleeper, the actual person sleeping. So she was doing that. She um, she actually was just in lucid dreaming. And she said, I'm going to go meet up with my mom. And when she did, she was told, sorry, she's not available right now. And she actually was like taken to a mermaid instead. But I actually was awake, so I think wow. she actually was on to something. That's so awesome. she couldn't meet up with me. That is so cool. Yeah. Yeah, that would make sense, I guess. And hey, you know, not a bad consolation prize. A mermaid, you know. I like, know. That's She's, pretty rad. It was pretty What's cool. What's the yeah. element of a sprite? That's an air sign, right? Air? Yeah. Air element so to a water element? I mean. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Cool. I love it. And then her what was i talking about her reintegration dream oh okay so she had this nightmare recently because she was you know ptsd so she was always changing her lucid dreams and avoiding her nightmares and i finally said you know those are pieces of you that are ready to come back they're ready to reintegrate so she um i said so she's like well what do i do and i said well you turn around and face it and you can ask it what it's trying to teach you or you can say are you ready to come back so she did it like almost that night she's like i had a nightmare and this guy was chasing me and i flip around she's like and you know he had long hair and he looked like he was maybe hawaiian and i looked at him and i said are you ready to come back and he goes are you sure and she goes yeah she's like and then i hugged him and he disappeared into me so she reintegrated a piece of her like that fast so 
because that's what nightmares are trying to do. They're trying, it's a piece of you that you find scary because you've denied it for so long and it's become this little monster inside your head and it needs to be reintegrated. It needs to come back into you. Yeah. I find that like a lot of the dream stuff, it, it does come back to that. It, it comes to uh, our subconscious mind prompting us to reintegrate things, to acknowledge parts of ourselves and to put that stuff into the light, you know, like that's, you know, so many people talk about the, like the, the happy hippie dippy parts of spirituality, but there's so much depth and a lot of darkness to kind of wade through. Absolutely. You know, yeah. It just is what it is. Like the, the development of an artist, uh, is the same as the development of, of a seed. Look at nature. And how long is that thing in the ground, you know, with nothing, you know, and then it comes up and it gets one little leaf, one little puny, pathetic leaf. And then it gets another and another. And before, but before you know it, it's an oak tree, you know what I mean? But it was in the dark for how long germinating, you know, like I, I can't, I keep coming back to that, I guess. I don't mean to be on a tirade about it, but it's, 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 it's my, it's my, you know, my rotation, you know what I'm saying? Like it's always something. That's cool. But, you know, doing this type of work and reintegrating, that is something that it, it is not a, something that you just do in like one day, you, you know, like I, I could revisit the Dave Matthews story, but I'm sure people are probably tired of that if they've listened to me much, but idea idea being you know uh there are parts of ourselves that we say no to and those are these soul fragments that we say it's not okay i don't approve of you but it's a part of yourself and so spiritually we have to acknowledge what that is and integrate it into ourselves and so that's what we're talking about with the soul fragments and for me dave matthews i was a huge fan when i was in high school but i had to hide it i was afraid that somebody would like find out that uh, that I liked that type of music because all my friends were into like, you know, hard hip hop and stuff. Uh, so, you know, I always kind of hid that part of myself. This is a very surface example. There are far deeper ones, but I find that, you know, simplicity, it, it helps me. But like I, I wound up actually not too long ago through dreaming and, and, and some signs, you know, like getting led to going to this Dave Matthews concert with my dad on his birthday, like, based on some things that happened. And that gave me the opportunity to be like, you know, there was a part of me that was like, uh, in a boy's dream, let's just say. Uh, and, uh, I always shoved that into the like depths of my consciousness. It was like, it's not cool. And I, there was a stigma that I personally attached to. It's like, it's a band dude. Like that's all this is like, you either like it or you don't. And then I listened to their music for like, a couple of weeks, but it helped me to integrate that part of myself that was like this sort of vulnerable kid, this teenage kid who was like learning about his sexuality and adolescence and stuff, you know, uh, back to Mystic Hub. But, you know, but, but accepting that and just allowing it to be what it is and it being okay. And so we all have parts of that from high school, from college, from this thing that we did, from that thing, from the shame that we got from somebody who, you know, we did something that they didn't agree with in that moment. Right. And, and we've, we've compartmentalized that part of ourselves and we've said that it's not okay. It's not allowed to exist. And through dreaming, you know, uh, we can actually re like, uh, encounter those parts of ourselves and learn to accept them because there's, that is all letting go. Is. That's all the, like spiritual process is, is 
letting go and allowing all those things to be as they are and, and, and letting them exist, that dark part of the dark part of the shadow, the part of spirituality that's not that much fun is that's really where just... your magic comes from. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's pulling those pieces back in because without it, you're not whole. And without it, you don't have, I mean, I mean you're, you're an instant manifester. Once you start pulling these pieces back into yourself, it, it is your superpower. Yeah. It's crazy. It, it seems so simple too. I mean, for me, I don't think, I don't know if I would have gotten into this type of, of stuff if I hadn't had the tool of, of comedy, of humor, you know, even right. Like, uh, of, of, of reintegrating this stuff because I thought when I at first approach of spirituality that you had to be all pious and perfect and attain these standards and still even like I have atonement sort of issues, right? That's one of the things that I have to be conscious of. It's like, am I making myself do this in order that like, that's not how this works. Like you already have everything that is <laughs> within you. So you don't have to yeah. atone or to attain or what have you. But, you know, I, I find that doing a lot of this type of work, it just, it, it shows you like a bigger glimpse of like who you really are and the higher self and the soul speaking of going in the dream space and all this weird shit, it's got, it does have some kinks, you know, just to bring that back around, you know, there are some weird things that happen out there, but, that's part of the exploration and it has to be okay. Like there's nothing. And that's part of non-judgment too. I think where it's like, we can see what someone's doing and maybe be like, I don't approve of this. I don't think it's the smart thing to do, but you know what? I have the capability to do whatever that is too. It's, I, I can't deny that it's within me. I'm not doing it. I choose not to doesn't, you know, but it doesn't mean that every capacity is not available. So stepping away from like, the judgment of all of those things and understanding that these like different traumas form based on just random shit that happens to you. You know, it's just happenstance and the other person doesn't remember it. You know what I mean? Like they're completely oblivious probably, but those like imprints and different things that happen to us, I think through dreaming, you can have that opportunity to understand what you need to pay attention to in order to heal those different fragments or hurts that your soul is kind of carrying. I don't know. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Too? I mean, cause even if you get into like the Jungian thing, you know, with the different archetypes, you know, each archetype is split into 12, you know, they're all different pieces. There's the child aspect, there's masculine, feminine, you know, there's so much to each one that um, they're all pieces of you. We're all, we're all fragmented and we're all here to bring that back or, or that's, that's the master work. That's the work of the alchemist. That's the work of the magician. Um, Carlos Castaneda, you know, that that's what, that's what they do. They'd have to sit there. He had to recapitulate a couple of times where he would have to sit there and think about every person in his life and where they triggered him and try to release it from his body through breathing and, and rocking and moving his head back and forth, because you don't have the power to do all these amazing things. If you don't pull those pieces back into you, if you don't retrieve your energy from those places, which is stored in your body. I mean, stored, your body keeps the score. But. And, uh, you know, back to that idea of trans serving, it's really about energy conservation. Like when you get to the end mm -hmm. of that book, when we just, you know, kind of finished going back through that, he's talking about just letting go of old projects, things that hinder you, things that exactly. are 
you know, dra- you're dragging along and these things that you're going to change. That's what I'm doing right now. And it, it's, it's a weird situation because I thought I had completed it. And then all of a sudden I realized as I was cleaning my office that I had a stack of files. And I'm going, what the fuck are those? And I, and I look and they're these projects of all these collaborations where I had vetted people. I'm like going, no, no, not happening. I'm not working with you. I'm not working with you. And I wanted to create a bonfire to, <laughs> um, to burn all these things. And then, of course, we get a fire alert because we're in single digits of humidity. And I'm like, going, okay, fuck it. I'll just shred it. So I shredded all that shit. I can't believe, like, the feeling of this expansion. Like, I just felt like... It was freedom and the shit was in my office. I forgot about it. God knows how long that had been there. And I, and it was like, wow, okay, cool. House cleaning, Bootsy, you know, you know my realm of house cleaning. Yeah, well, I mean, it makes a lot of sense when you just step back and think about it. Like, what are you putting energy into or attention into? Yeah, focusing it takes on- up space. And yeah. so there was all this mental caca and emotional caca and and th- there was a stack that was taking up physical space and I was like oh. I was willfully ignoring it. <laughs> yeah, even in like uh getting things done or some of the more self-help stuff like they talk about just getting things out of your mind like that that the impact that just that has on your body because you're not like trying to use all this energy up remembering it. And as one of the classic ignorers of that information, (laughs) I can tell you that it is actually really helpful when you can. And I write a bunch of stuff down. I do better. Um, I'm not as organized maybe as I could be, but um, you know, getting it out, it does, it does, it does do, do wonders, you know, and that's part of this, process too. It's like, it's our bodies telling us all this stuff. It's telling us what to do. It's giving us signs. You know, the, the universe is the world is however we want to quantify that like through dreams or it's us doing all the self. Like there's so many ways to look into it, but I see the utility of this being more and more, um, acknowledged, you know, it's like, we've always wondered this stuff. Why don't we ask about it? You know, like, like, why not try it out? Like none of us have ever, we, we spend a third of our lives dreaming. We've spent two thirds trying to meet up. Why not use that other third, try to meet up in in there too. You know, like that's a whole other aspect. It's a whole other element of life and existence. Why not see how we can leverage it? It's funny because I've been, um, recently getting into the Seth material. So I'm listening to Seth speaks and he talks about the dream world quite a bit and um, that we actually do a lot of work in the dream space. Like we're not sleeping. We're actually, our soul is out of our body doing work and we are influencing other timelines and other people. We're actually showing up in their, in their reality. You know, we are just like little background people in their reality, but we're like the, 
butterfly effect. We're causing little differences and we are creating worlds. And so I laughed when he said that. I was like, yeah, I know. I created a whole schoolhouse. It took me two nights. It was amazing. And then, you know, then I created this space at Mount Shasta. So I could totally re relate to what he's saying, but um, the, there's a reason why we sleep so much and there's a reason why we dream. It's not for nothing. Yeah, we've been taught that it's for nothing. When I was in school, like in college, I was so interested. I was like, that's when I was watching like uh, the waking life and kind of all that stuff. So I was super interested in all this, but I couldn't find a class where they would talk about it. And in fact, they wouldn't talk about Freud in any of their classes. They wouldn't talk about libertarianism and political science, oddly enough. They wouldn't talk about like, you know, a lot of the things that when I came out of the institutionalized educational system, I learned were even options or could potentially, you know, be uh, alternatives to some of the philosophical, you know, uh, difficulties that we faced because you don't even you don't even learn that you're just like, it's just crazy or acknowledge the, the dreaming. You know, when we were kids, maybe I thought about it. Right. And like when I like I said, when I was in my teenage years, I thought it was interesting, but I didn't have any way to practically apply it. And who freaking knows what's even possible. And we're going to find out firsthand. <laughs> and if nothing's and the possible, then the only way to do that is so for us to all try together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you need what's to find people who are happen? willing to do it. Yeah. I've met a lot of people in the spiritual community who are like, yeah, I believe all this manifestation stuff. And they don't act, they don't go out and do it. Yeah, they you don't. Know? They're scared of it's it. It's all, it's yeah, all like it's that. all fucking talk. Like, you know, like, and, you know, and whatever, that's fine. Maybe it's not. Maybe you do it your own way over here. And that's your private thing too. That I have no problem with that, but why not put our money where our mouth is and just fucking <laughs> try some yeah. shit out? Like it's fun. Who cares? What's the worst case scenario? And if there's, and I one think that's the people who, you know, this is actually about, this is, it's like Owen said, it's fiction, but it's not. It actually encourages you to try everything in the yeah. book. <clears throat> so it's about it's, an actual cool team of dreamers. And how do you think they got together? They probably were just people who were like-minded, who like to dream and they, started messing around with it with the Carlos Castaneda stuff. So Queen of the Dream team. That's better. It's still not <laughs> there we go. It's still not the one. We'll work, we'll work on it. <laughs> but uh but yeah, no, absolutely. Well the Castaneda stuff's really interesting too. And that's somewhat integrated in this book, right? Yeah. Um that's the big influence of the dream searchers or um the stalkers, right? Is what they actually call themselves. Right. And I thought it was really, I thought it was hackers, but they translated it in like in English. There was already a book called the Castaneda calls them stalkers too, doesn't he? Stalkers? I think he, I think they mm -hmm. are stalkers. Yeah, it's a it's a dream it's a stalking thing. Yeah, that didn't. It sounds well. bad. <laughs> it sounds bad, but that's it's right. not as bad as right on what it sounds like. Um, yeah, that's cool. But even um, reality transurfing has a lot of stuff that came from Carlos Castaneda. So yes, it it's, does. So I, I have a friend who's Russian. She's one of my best friends. And she she maintains that she believes that all of the Dean's work was actually taken from Castaneda. If you why, read it. Well, yeah. It, yeah. You read because it. because I, I remember I I did a whole series of uh, like videos way back when in my old channel. And I got into a bunch of trouble where uh, these 
uh, turn surfing people were like coming down on me going, oh no, Castaneda, you know, they get to him, you know, I'm like, okay, you know what, whatever. I sorry to offend. And yeah. um, so yeah, obviously it was a trigger point for them. And every time I think there are these trigger points, it's because there's some truth to it, if not the truth to it. I mean, there's so many similarities. Um, the the plat in Tufty. It's yes. the assemblage yeah, point. Yeah, the assemblage it's, point. Exactly. Yeah. Hello, nurse. You know. Well, if they're all Undeniable. channeled from the same source. Yeah, exactly. We're all up. from the same yeah. source, and we're interpreting it and disseminating it in different ways exactly. for everybody to be able to understand and relate to it. Yeah, I relate to all of it. So you know what. Yeah. I like and it. And Benin put, put it in such a great package. You know, really I think did. that's why it's so many of our, you know, our go-to, you yeah. know, because it's, he put it in a way that I, for me, I had to have it line up with science and it had to affect or um, be able to convince my rational mind. And when I did, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I could totally buy it. Just reading Castaneda stuff it was, at first, I was like, okay maybe but but the way that Vadim put it it just it, so i'm thankful for him i mean isn't it all come from source yes mm -hmm. <laughs> i mean that's the thing it's like uh, we're all from the same I, place as i look at at, at transurfing more and more it's really a lot of regurgitated hermeticism uh, i mean it's just that's another it's just another point that's it's just another really way to, to talk about cosmic law in a way that's more poetic and more um futuristic um you know being able to and how much of it sounds like neville goddard too Have yeah. you noticed that? i mean these are all totally woken like people goddard. yeah these are, all, these are all people who woke up who are, are pulling into immutable truths and right. finding the best way to describe that in their culture and in their space just like all religion just that the religions that are old are 3,000 years old, those that are, you know, from prophets or, you know, from all these uh, different sources, those are all just illuminated people as well and stuck in their um, culture and geography and, uh, and, and, and held back by their language. You know, it's like, so when you have this, these illuminated moments, I mean, they all come back to the immutable truths that, that are, that are there. And, and, uh, you know, he doesn't talk about cosmic law anywhere in transurfing, but, He's definitely um, hitting on several of those laws. He's he's announcing principles, like he's, he's saying. Yeah, a lot of stuff to me, like you know, relating, yeah. like say the trivium, for instance. You know, the grammatical, the who, what, where, when, and the logic of the why and the rhetoric of the how. When it comes to reality transurfing, our main concern is the what it is that we want and why we want it. So the how, the where, the when, the who, the timing of it is none of our fucking business. So I remember just tripping on that. Like my, my first version of reality transferring was in German. It was very bad. And my German at that point, you know, I was fluent once upon a time, but I really stressed about it. And so I would try to have these conversations with my friend Renata, who's German, and she would just laugh at me and she goes, you know, I just fucking dream about it. Just ask for a true dream and just fast track your ass on it because I was getting caught up in the translation. 
And, um, you know, I asked for an intentional dream and that's exactly what I got. Be clear on the why and the what and the how is none of your business. And the rest of it, the timing, get out of the way. God's timing is not your timing. If you want to interfere, well, God's just going to say, okay, bitch, you know, have a good time. I was going to fast track your ass, but let's just go around and around and around and take 10 more years. So um, anyway. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. It, and I think if he could boil it all down, like it is about cosmic law, he could, he would boil it all down. I think to balance, he'd say that is the basic law of the universe. Yeah. That's yeah. how he would quantify. Right. And like, yeah, all the uh, hermetic laws are found in that book. You know what I'm saying? Like rhythm and all, like all of it. And, and they're all, they all come back to that mind. Right. Like I remember when he starts to talk about lucid dreaming and the dream space being the alternative space, being the, the non third dimensional material world. Right. Like, and it's like, holy shit, I can, I can categorize this now. I can see this so clearly now. You know, like, and I'd heard, you know, it's like you have the all, the mind, that, That's a good point. The so archive, one, of yeah. my, one of my new age girlinas, I, I love her. She, she can go, woo, she can go way out there. And I'm like, going, whoa, girl, bring it back, bring it back, bring it back. So she told me, and this is always stuck in my mind. And the more and more that I go deeper into the, you know, just the so subcategories of reality, I realize that the astral plane is actually the fast track of the physical plane. And what we're doing on the physical plane is we're actually clearing, deactivating our reactivity and our traumas so that we don't uh, get in the way of the instant manifestation because of our triggers and our fuck ups and our beliefs and all the fallacies. If we want to go back to, uh, you know, the trivium and all that kind of shit, because what she was, you know, really endeavoring to impart to me, God rest her soul. She's been gone off the planet. She's gone back in the non-physical, but I can hear her. She's like, yeah, girl, you're fucking getting it. Because in the astral plane, it's instantaneous. There is no time delay as far as what it is that you intend and what manifests. And so you have to get all the emotional shit together. You've got to get all your mental shit together so that you have heart, mind, body, soul coordination, and they're all in alignment so that when we off, you know, our existence from the physical plane onto the astral plane, we can just fucking rock it with the instant manifestation. So I, I mean, that's also here. I well, mean, yeah, yes. So long alchemy. all of your triggers, and that's where alchemy comes in, because in alchemy, from what I'm understanding, you have to make sure you are in right alignment, that all of your aspects are all on the same page. Yeah, if you're not healed, you're just gonna you're just gonna create black magic. Exactly. You're just gonna create exactly. evil. Yeah, and, and, and that was her point. And oh my God, hello, nurse. Pearl, I get it. <laughs> wow. Well, and I would add here too, like for me, this is like where mercy comes in. Like, uh, you know, when I first read this shit, I was like, this isn't true, but I want to believe it. And now I read it and I'm like, I can't argue with this. This shit's spot on. 
But this is where to me, like what real mercy is like real mercy is all these negative thoughts and fears that we have that don't come true. The things that you create, you created those like you did not create those. It doesn't disqualify everything. The truth is, is that somehow whatever spirit that is ex in existence actually cares enough about you <laughs> to give you a little bit of padding and get you out of trouble once in a while. That's how I view it at this point. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's not that you, it's, it's it, anything that you, obviously we're creating our reality like 100%, but there's so many things for me specifically where I've been like harped on. I've had a negative thing about this or like, you know, had this issue and it's like, dude, just let that go. It, you're not, you don't have to be beholden to that. Like the universe is not going to take that and then smash you over the head with it. Cause you've been thinking about it. 90% of, 98% of what you worry about doesn't come true. And you know, it's true that like worry is prayer for what you don't want, but fortunately it's so much easier to get what you want than it is to get what you don't want. Like it just is. So like count those pluses as a plus, like it worked this time. And then when it doesn't work, like it's, it's not that it doesn't work. It's just that you need to calibrate something and get that mind heart alignment in set in motion. And when you actively focus on that, you know, you're creating and it's interference. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like you're broadcasting to the mirror, the tuning fork or like whatever it is. Right. Like that particular thing. It's 440 hertz. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. And that's why I talk about the soul wounds with dreaming too, because that's showing you patterns that you're running. It's showing you bad programs that you're running that are keeping mm -hmm. you from being in alignment. So when I, when I pointed out when I'm doing dream interpretation for anybody who's listening, um, and when I talk about running soul wounds in your dreams, it's because you're running a bad pattern. Your dream's showing you that. And it's telling you what's going to come up in the next couple of days for you to look at and heal. So you can reclaim your power. It's a, it's a constant process, you know, and it's about accepting that stuff. You know, we talked about it a bit before there's a human, there's a humanist humanistic element to it as well as like just accepting that for what it is. That's why I say like humor and like just expression has helped me so much. The rhetoric aspect of that, like trivium, you know, which again, like that's innate. That's like something that is within us. Like all of these tools, we are ancient technology. Like we are, we're dreaming for a reason. We're, we're having all these experiences for a reason. And they're the obvious stuff that's so close to us. You know what I mean? Like, Ah, it drives love me it. nuts. It's, <laughs> no, it, 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 I'm psyched. I'm psyched. I love it. I can't I'm wait psyched. to go to bed now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> already, already. Can't. But I've been like, up for 40 hours. So, you uh, well, know, hello. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Well, that'll do it for sure. But it's, a, it's, it is exciting. We're going to get into it and have, uh, have some interesting experiences. We'll log it. And uh, if you guys want to be part of that, dream uh experiment group then uh just sign up on the telegram that's the main telegram i will post a link there and we'll we'll assemble from there and i'll make a private chat for the duration of the dream thing and we can all kind of check that uh as we go through it's just gonna be four weeks it's a short book uh, i haven't been able to find the pdf of this i have looked a little bit um so you want to you want to uh, 
order it as soon as you can. And, um, you know, um, it's, the, it's the first book. It's the yep. first book. Yeah. We're just doing okay. the first book. Right. Uh, the seekers of the spirit, make sure it's that particular one. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, it'll be fun. It's kind of like, it's kind of like a Russian matrix story, isn't it? It's like, uh, it's, it's kind of fun. And, uh, and we'll, 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 uh, go through and map out some of those different, practices that they talk about in there, the patients, the Medici, which is like an interesting game. Talk about that and see yeah. where it all leads to and play with it and have fun and uh, just engage with each other. So, you know, hit that up and uh, yeah, have a good night, everybody. Thanks for being here. I appreciate it. We did hanging out here for an hour and a half. I haven't seen you in a while, James, and it is, uh, it's a pleasure as always, my friend. Thank you for being yeah, here. No, it's great for hanging out with everybody, you know, yeah. it's, Hell yeah, man. I, I yeah, can I imagine sh sh you're shredding in the Narnar pal. And we'll have lots of announcements uh, about the spaceship and all that as, as time continues to drip along as it does. And that's one thing, too, that I want to point out real quick about transurfing is he talks about the minute hand. You don't see the minute hand move unless you're like standing like in a watch pot doesn't boil anyway. But like... <laughs> Think about your reality as a clock, as a clock, like, like you, you know, it's, it's ticking and, uh, it's ticking in, in, um, the, uh, the chat too. check out Maria, Maria, where can people find you, uh, on uh, the internet? The Instagram dakini.kiss is really good because, uh, all my YouTube videos are all uploaded on IGTV. And that seems to be where I'm just getting a lot of traction. You know, people are finding me there. They're hilarious. Um, I, I'm not accepting a lot of comments these days. <laughs> wow. Always... <laughs> yeah, there's some iffy shit there, man. I mean, people, do they really have that kind of time or are these bots? Well, I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. That is an interesting uh, thing to consider. I think a lot of them are bot bots, probably. You know, just searching for different phrases and ideas on the internet. They get very personal. Yeah. No, I'm I'm very sure that the, there's a couple groups that I'm in that there's definitely bots just screwing with people on both sides. I'm I'm positive they're not human. It doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me at all. So you know, keep publishing your content you're crushing it it looks great everybody check out mario's stuff at dakini.kiss abby where can people find you um also on instagram uh abstract underscore dreamer but it's abstract with two b's because i'm abby awesome abstract underscore dreamer that's abby's instagram uh i do like instagram you can find james at sonic portal um and a telegram is really where we're on connecting telegram. though yeah like that's uh that's the spot. There's a link below. I promise you, if you click the link below, there will be a Telegram uh, chat invite. Come check out that spot. We're trying to uh, do the alternative platform thing as much as possible, obviously. And um, yeah, uh, thanks for being here, everybody. Peace out. Sweet dreams. And uh, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll see you guys on Go the say Buenos. <laughs> <laughs> Buenos nachos. Yum.